Welcome to the LYA Podcast. This is a place for authentic discussion for young adults. We want to provide a commentary, backed by God's Word, to help you thrive in your 20-something years. Let's dive into this week's discussion. Okay, guys. Uh, so as we try to get Woodman uh, unmuted here, um, here's basically how this is going to work tonight. Um, each candidate is going to have two minutes of uninterrupted time, um, and I'm going to do my best uh, to keep them from interrupting each other as hold on, we... Hold on, hold on David. Hold yeah. on. <laughs> Excuse Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm just kidding. Um, we are not going to be having a, a debate tonight, I hope. Uh, but yeah, guys, uh, so... Um, you guys who have listened to the LYA podcast before, just show of hands really quick. Who's ever listened to an episode of the LYA podcast before? All right, some of you guys. Um, the rest of you guys, I will pray for um, that you guys begin to grow in your, your walk with Christ, that you will listen to a podcast designed to help you be discipled. Uh, but no, that's the goal, guys, what we want to talk about um, tonight. So if you guys haven't listened to any of them uh, yet, um, joined to my left here is uh, what some people have called maybe the best member of LYA. Uh, and this is, Matt, this is Matt Woodman. You guys give it up for Matt Woodman. What's up, guys? Matt, why don't you tell everyone what you do, man? Uh, currently, I'm doing nothing. <laughs> All right. But I was in the Air Force, and I separated about a month ago, and um, in between jobs right now, but I got something lined up for the middle of the month, so... Hey. Fun employed. He's fun employed. Yeah. Uh, and then to my immediate right right here is no stranger to the LYA podcast, maybe the greatest host that we have uh, on there. She's a legend. It is the Gabby McLemore. Hello. With her patented hello. Yes. <laughs> yes. Gabby, why don't you tell everyone what you do? I am a pediatric occupational therapist at CHKD. Nice. And she's also a scripture ninja. Uh, so incredible. She can quote scripture like none other. And then finally, uh, last but certainly not least, um, we have the legendary Devin Boyers hailing all the way from Williamsburg. You want to you tell everyone what you do or would you rather plead the fifth? I am a student at William & Mary. Nice. Nice. Oh, David, I did forget something that I said I would do. Yeah. Um, hi, mom. Nice. Okay, we're good. All the way from California. Hello. Hey. Hello, Matt's mom. Um, and hello to everyone who's watching with us online uh, tonight on uh, Facebook. So, um, guys, we're going to be covering three uh, topics um, tonight. And the first one uh, that we're going to be really getting into is kind of what's up with astrology. Now, if you guys have been on the Internet at all uh, in the past couple years, there has been a growing, growing trend in people talking about astrology, their horoscope, um, and, and just all types of things uh, like that. And I, this really came to mind uh, when I saw a video on Twitter and it was like a girl, two girls that were riding together and they were pulling into like a McDonald's or something like that, I think. And this girl just obliterates the curb pulling into it. I mean, she just hits it so hard. And like the girl who's filming it, like she like flies up and hits like her head on the ceiling. And she's like, what the heck was that about? And she's like, I'm a Sagittarius or whatever. And I was like, did you just use your zodiac sign as an excuse for, for horrendous driving? And this really got me thinking. So I, I looked into some research uh, about it. And um, Pew Research did this in 2018. But there are one in three adults, one in three adults, put serious stock into their horoscope for how they live their day-to-day -day life. They consult their horoscope every single day um, for how they're supposed to live. So that's just one in three adults. But if you zero that in on believers, 
uh, people who claim to believe and follow Jesus, it's actually one in four Christians, 25% of Christians look at their horoscope and think, yeah, yeah this is a legitimate source uh, of information. So I, I just want to open up to you guys, like, you know, what's your zodiac sign? I researched it for this and then I forgot. So I don't know. It didn't describe me though. I can tell you that. So you don't, so what about the rest of you guys? You know what yours are? I'm a Pisces. I don't know what that means. So that's not the scorpion one. No, No. I don't think so. I don't know. No, that's Scorpio. I just looked up when I was born and it said Pisces and then I moved on. (laughs) And then you moved on. So I'm the one that sounds like aquarium. Aquarius. Wait, I think that might be what I was. Gotcha. And I'm, uh, and I'm Aries. Um, and when I was looking up that Aries, <laughs> yeah. So Aries in Greek mythology is like the God of war and combat. Yeah. Um, which I feel like doesn't describe me like as a believer, you You're know, very combative, David. I can be, I guess I can be combative, but it's like Aries are like particularly like aggressive and, uh, just kind of always looking to stir things up. And I just, I don't know, I didn't feel like that was me. So I kind of read it and then moved on. But I, I mean, what, what do you guys think? Why do you guys think people are looking at astrology so much more in the past few years? I mean, according to scripture, they've been looking at it since the beginning of time. So I don't know. I feel like it's always been something where we're designed to want to worship something. And we like that idea of something being over us, of there being like a higher power, um, something describing and kind of giving precedent to why we are the way that we are. And a lot of times, I, this has been around for a long time, but maybe it's becoming, coming back recently, kind of like with the Enneagram too. Of, you know, it gives you validation, like, oh, I ran over a curb. It's fine. That's my sign. I can do what I want. Um, but it also gives us that validation of like, no, there's a purpose in the way that I'm designed and I'm made. Um, and instead of looking to the Lord, we're just like, let's look to the sun and the moon and the way that the planets align, and that'll tell me everything that I need to know about myself. Yeah, it's like a simple answer to it. What I noticed is like a lot of the advice was generally good advice. Um, and so I think it just, it does give people a sense of uh, calm when something bad goes wrong, right? It allows them to go like, oh, well, that was meant to happen, right? And if something good happens, you know, they don't get overly excited because that was meant to happen as well. It just kind of allows people to uh, stop worrying about all the things that are outside of their control. It's a, it's a way to do that. It's not the right way, but it's a way, so. I suspect it's also just like fun. Like there's something that like, I don't know, we are story making creatures. Like we're people that like patterns. We don't want to be unexplainable as humans we want there to be this you know search for some kind of meaning and so like there's something just appealing about like reading something that says oh you're supposed to have a really bad week and you're like I did have a really bad week like man that fits um and I don't know like okay I'm gonna throw maybe like a little bit of a wrench in here isn't this sometimes what we can do a little bit with God with some of our prayers like just the idea of uh, wanting to predict things and like looking for signs and being like, Lord, should I go out with this person? Lord, should I go to this school or that school? Like there's something that's kind of gives safety to like, it like is God's will. Is it going to like kind of vibe with my will, you know, cause I'd really like that. Um, I just think there's something that wants us to believe that the bigger universe also like is going to be good for us. 
Yeah, it's kind of like that thing where you're like, man, should I ask this girl out on a date? God, if you want me to, next three red lights I hit as I go down Mercury, make them all green. And you're like either kind of like speeding up or like slowing down. You're like, oh, it's about to turn yellow. <laughs> you know, like, oh, God, you try to pull a fast one on me, but all three of them were green, you know. And if you're an Aries, you just run them all. Exactly. You just run them all and you're like, hey, they were green to me, you know. But uh, yeah. Well, I'm colorblind. Oh, you see, yeah, if you're colorblind, it won't work at all. But only Aquariuses are colorblind. Yeah. Um, but no, I think you're right. I think it's like, we're all, like, our culture, I think, especially young adults, like, we are obsessed with ourselves. Like, we are on a, a, a journey of uh, self-individualization and then a discovery of self, which I think is, like, why, like, the Enneagram became, like, super popular. It felt like overnight uh, amongst millennials because it's like, oh, man, here's this very, like, in-depth thing about who I am. And I'm not knocking the Enneagram, but I am saying it's like, man, we have like Myers-Briggs, we got disc, we got like lion, otter, beaver, what Harry Potter house are you? Like what type of garlic bread are you? You know, and we're like, we're just obsessed with like discovering like who I am. And we're trying, we're like, we're clambering for anything that will give us like identity or purpose, or like you said, explanation or, or trying to like line us up um, with God's will. And I just, I really believe that God's will for our life is not hidden. You know, it's not, I don't think God is a God of confusion. I don't think God is trying to hide his will from us. I think uh, maybe like what you were hinting at, Devin, is like, you know, I want, I want God's will to be my will is really kind of the thing that's hiding behind that. And I think that we kind of lose that a lot in this whole thing of like, man, our identity and our purpose is found in dying to ourselves. Like Christianity the only, is the only religion, the only major worldview where your identity isn't earned it's not something that you have to go out and try to like meditate and find, but it's something that's given to you. It's something that, uh, as Paul would say, is imputed on you. It's literally like, it's like transplanted, tattooed uh, on you. So yeah, that's, that's kind of my thoughts behind it. Yeah, no, I think that's, I feel like I'm really loud. Sorry, guys. Um, I think that's exactly on the same line that I was kind of thinking too. Like in Colossians 3, when it talks about like our life is not hidden with Christ and God, when Christ who is your life is revealed. Like we kind of lose ourselves in a way. Like the Lord has created us uniquely and Psalm 139 tells us that. Like we were formed in our mother's wombs. We are knit together with purpose. And yet as believers, like our identity is very communal. We're with Christ and we're identifying with the body of believers. Um, And we are called to die to self. Like we're called to die daily. And stuff like the Enneagram or Zodiac signs, that almost validates us in the ways that scripture would say we need to change. So I was looking at some stuff and they're like, oh, between these two months, like this particular sign gets really rude and just like kind of expect that. And it's like, well, maybe instead of getting really rude, like we need to go and surrender to Christ and be like, hey, it's probably not just between those two months. Let's be real. We're all really rude all the time, half the time. But like, instead of, you know, saying, okay, something needs to change about me, it's more of validation of, okay, like I'm okay the way I am. Like nothing needs to change. And let's be real, that's a lot easier than saying, no, there's a part of me that the Lord needs to prune and sanctify. And culture in general is very much like, this is my truth. Um, so there, that's not going to appeal to anyone who's not a believer. Also, let's be honest, like the stars have no control over what happens in our lives. Um, they're just floating balls of gas out there, guys. Just... Just throwing that out there. So you're saying if Mercury's in retro, retrograde, I can't just snap at my roommate? You can do whatever you want, but it's not because Mercury is in retrograde. Okay, yeah. okay. Sorry. I see, how, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I see what you did yeah. there. But yeah, um, so I think like even with the Enneagram, uh, 
the bad thing about the Enneagram is we don't necessarily, I think, always use it the way it's supposed to. Like, it, the Enneagram's really designed to show you kind of the, the, what some people would say is like the shadow side of yourself, like the not so good part. Um, and kind of what we do is like, we take one look at it and we're like, man, I like all that stuff. And it's like, and here's what you do when you go to an unhealthy version of yourself. And you're like, skip right through that, you know? <laughs> I'm not reading that. Don't need that negativity in my life. Uh, and, uh, it, you know, I even have, like, I was reading about um, people even discussing, like, their zodiac signs online. And there's this idea of, like, well, you know, technically I was born in the range of, we'll say, being like an Aries, but I act more like this other sign. And then people are like, oh, well, that's probably because you were born in this moon pattern, and that means you're on the cusp of that thing. And I'm like, this is the same thing people do with the Enneagram. They're like, yeah, I think I'm really a seven, but when I get really spicy, that's just my wing eight coming out, you know? And I'm like, you know, it's like, again, like we're just, we're so obsessed with ourselves. We're on this journey of self-discovery. And I just think that it's like, man, like we don't have to do that. Like you don't have to subject yourself to like the burden and the weight of trying to craft your own identity because like none of us up here, like myself included, are strong enough to do that. Like, we don't have the equipment to do that. And it's like God wants to give us that identity. Like, he has called us to a purpose and given that to us. We don't have to do that. We just have to realize it and follow it. Yeah, you guys got any last thoughts on astrology? I'm really curious what your guys' Hogwarts house is. Gryffindor. I'm feeling a lot of Hufflepuff energy up here. (laughs) Do you know what yours is, Matt? I have not taken that particular Facebook quiz. All right, I know what we're doing after this. Okay, all right. Um, All right, so kind of shuffling right along, then we're going to move into our our second question tonight, uh, which is, uh, how do you have the DTR? So if you're, you know, um, unfamiliar with the term, uh, DTR is just short for define the relationship. Um, So you've probably had one of these before and you didn't even realize it. Uh, But this is that uh, conversation that you have where it's like, okay, Um, me and this person, like we've been kind of talking for a while. You guys know you're in the infamous talking stage, uh, that everyone is super confused in. Um, and then finally you get to the point where you're like, okay, I have to turn the corner and ask this person, what are we? What are we? Are we, are we together? Are we friends? Are we in like this weird, like friendationship thing? Like, are we going to become like officially official like I'm allowed to tell other people that like we're like together like we're like dating you know Uh, can we change our Facebook status now so when we're talking about like how to have the DTR this is the conversation that we're zeroing in on is how do we have that conversation how do we do it well what are some things we can do what are some things that we can avoid and uh yeah we'll just we'll just get we'll start with you Gabby we let Matt start last time thanks (laughs) I, like, so just in the conversation in general. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I think you need to be honest. If you are having this conversation with someone and they bring it up and you're not expecting it, um, don't sugarcoat things and make it even more confusing than it needs to be. This goes for girls and guys. Like, whatever your feelings are, whatever your thoughts are, say it, say it kindly, say it graciously, um, but don't give false hope where there's no hope at all. Um, and then also, like, if you do like them, don't be very, don't be, don't be overbearing. Um, I think, like, honestly, with these conversations, it's just, we need to be honest. We need to care for the other person. Um, in Philippians 2, it talks about, you need to consider as others more highly esteemed than yourself and do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. And I think in that way, you really, 
need to be considering their emotions and their feelings. I think sometimes um, when we're in that situation, it's easy to just protect yourself or to you know not really think about what they're going through. But just be kind and gracious. I think be clear and be straightforward. Well, that's it. No, that's uh, that's a lot of what I was going to say. Um, it's not it's not that difficult. Um, it really is simple. Uh, and if and if you if you have trouble asking that question of what are we, just go to that person and be honest about where you want to be. Um, you know, find find a time like if if you guys have gone out on a few dates already and you realize this is someone that you want to spend some more time getting to know. Uh, find a time where you guys can be publicly alone, right? So like a, a car ride or going out for coffee or going for a walk or something like that. And, and just be straight up. Tell them what you like about them and, uh, and tell them that, that, you want to, that you want to pursue them, guys. Um, be the one to make that first, take that first step. It's going to mean a lot to the girl. Um, Tell her that, that, that the end goal is marriage, even if that might be, you know, a year or two or longer down the road. Uh, but just be very upfront and honest. Um, and, you know, they might need some time to process. So you might not get an answer, and that's okay. Um, but uh, it's, it's much more important to be, uh, to be upfront with it instead of, you know, beating around the bush and leading the person on. Uh, it's only going to cause more pain later down the road. You just caused a lot of awkward squirming out there. I know. I got really quiet, and I heard the seats, like, creaking. <sighs> awkward tensions. So, okay. Well, I'm going to throw a question back on you guys. So, let's say you're, like, in one of those friendationships or situationships, and you've been talking for a while, and, like, you're starting to get your feelings hurt a little bit because it's one of those things where it's, like, you know the person doesn't owe you anything because you haven't defined anything, but you're still feeling a certain way. But, like, what if you're in a situation where you don't actually know if you want to define the relationship? Like, you want to keep talking to this person, um, but you don't know if, like, you're ready to, like, make it official. Define how long is a while. How long is a while? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The reason I ask that is because it's like, I mean, I've talked to people before, and it's like, yeah, you know, like, I'm not really sure, like, if we're together or not. And I'm like, well, like, you know, how long have you guys been, like, communicating? Because I, I don't even know how to define it anymore. Because it's like, they're like, well, it's like, well, sometimes we just, like, Snapchat back and forth. Or sometimes we just, like, like we talk when we see each other. And, like, sometimes we're, like, texting. And I'm like, okay, whatever. How long have you had an open line of communications person? Like, I don't know, like, two years. Okay, they're not interested. Like, they're just, they're not. Like, they're just trying to keep you on the line, you know what I mean, for, for validate, like, cause if they haven't done it yet. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, I mean, yeah, I think, I think you got to ask the question, like you said, like, how do I know if I want to make this person official? Well, I'm like, what, what are you trying to find out by going on a date with someone? Like, by trying to at least pursue someone with, with intentionality or, or have an intentional conversation, whatever medium you want to have that in, like, what are you trying to discover? in that like what do you what do you want to know you know and I think like we've you know we've talked about dating here before and if you guys need a little refresher you can always go back in the podcast and listen but it's like you know dating someone is evaluating the suitability that they have to be a spouse you know and that's not all you guys are hearing that right now and you're like gosh that sounds so intense and so weird like okay so like we're out on like date number two we're at Chili's like you know like 
you know, he, I asked him if I could get an appetizer. I was nervous because that's gonna make our bill more expensive, but he, he said, it's fine and you're feeling weird. And then you're like, do we have to talk about when we're gonna do premarital counseling or can we just talk? Like, like, here's, like here's the thing is like, we have like these like weird overcorrections in church when it comes about dating. It's like on the left side, you have these people over here who are like, if you go out on a date with someone, like you better be ready to get down on one knee and commit to that person for the rest of your life, spill all your guts, confess your sins to them. You guys both get saved at Chili's and then you get, you get married the next week. So that's like one side. And you got like another side over here that's like, yeah, you know, man, like do whatever you want. You know, like if you want to go out on a date with someone and you want to go on a date with some, a different person again two days later, like just do it. Like it doesn't matter, you know, like who cares about people's feelings? You know, that's their problem, not yours. So I think you have to like really stop and ask yourself, like what, what am I hoping to gain uh, from this? And I, I just want to say like um, kind of jumping on the back of what Woodman said here is like in an ideal world, like honestly, guys, like you should be the one to lead in this. Because like as a man, as a male, like you're supposed to be the leader. And what leaders do is leaders eliminate confusion. Like you should do everything in your power, not to create confusion, not to add to confusion, but to eliminate confusion. Like I I would hope that when you guys go out on dates and stuff or, or, you know, whenever you're in this weird talking, communicating phase or whatever it is, I hope that you do everything in your power to make it as clear as possible. Uh, how you're feeling. And I think that all you have to do in that is just be intentional, but you don't have to be intense. Like I just said, you know what I mean? Like, like Gabby said, like, you don't have to be overbearing. Like you don't have to come like full out, like, you know, here we are date number two, we're at Chili's and you're like, yeah, so I'm thinking like three kids, you know, <laughs> what are you, what are you thinking? Can you, you know, over, under one more, you know, like, you, you well, know, I mean, what's your stance on disciplines? So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so are our kids going to be homeschooled or private schooled? Yeah, like you don't have to, you don't have to do that, you know, just, just be yourself. Like what you're trying to find out is if that person can be a good husband, if they can be a good wife, if they can be eventually a good mother, a, a good father. Like, you know, and you know, you don't have to turn into this super weird, like interview process thing, you know, you're going to pull out and you're like, all right, question five. Um, yeah, you don't have to do that, so... Yeah, I think when you're talking about like the friendationship or whatever it is, I think sometimes people get into those and whether you're the one who's not sure what's going on or it's the other person or both of you guys, a lot of times it's just that comfortability and the fact that you have someone to talk to and it's like, oh, well, this person's in constant communication. Like, I know I can always text them or Snapchat or whatever people do. I'm like internally 80. Um, But it's like there's something where you're like, this person is a constant and I know that I have their companionship. And so when you are in something where you're, considering like, okay, do I want something more out of this? Do they want something more out of this? Really, like Dave was saying, like not only evaluate where you're going, but also evaluate why you're interested or confused with it. Like, are you interested in them because they're another person and it's someone to talk to, or do you really like them for who they are? Um, Because I think a lot of times I've seen that, I taught a lot in college too, where it's just, you kind of get these two friends that start becoming close and then it gets weird and the lines are blurred, but nobody might not really be interested in each other. It's just like, oh, well, you're here and this is nice, but I don't want any commitment out of you. Um, and that can be a dangerous spot because that's not good for either of y'all's hearts. Um, that's ultimately just going to lead to more pain, but it takes some self-evaluation and some honesty to kind of evaluate, like, why am I feeling this way? Why am I confused? Why am I interested in this person? But those are things that are going to be helpful for you and them when the DTR does come. Yeah. And when you say that, like in my mind, like I'm just imagining like, you know, the girl who really wants to date this guy, like she, she does want commitment she wants to explore this she wants to see how this goes but it's like man we've been talking for like a while and like you know 
I don't know what we are, I don't know where we're going, I don't know what it is, but it's like, I'm not going to go anywhere, you know, because I really want this to work out, but I'm also too afraid to be like, hey, like, where are we going, like, what are we, or whatever, and I just, like, man, if that's you, you know, whether you're listening to this in the future, you're driving around, or whatever, like, man, you're worth so much more than that, like, don't settle, you know what I mean, like, God designed marriage, God created marriage, and God gave us things, attributes, traits, things like that, that we can look for, and like, just, you got, you've got, you got to trust God and you've got to plan for plan A. Don't get to the point where it's like, man, I'm just, I'm, I'm really, I'm coming to this from a place of desperation and I, I really want a relationship with someone. So I'm just going to kind of, you know, grit it out and uh, I'm just going to hope for the best, hope it turns out. Because again, like, I mean, if it's it, six, seven, eight, nine months, a year, like, I'm just going to tell you guys, like, that guy, like, he's just committed to you until he gets bored of you. And you're just worth so much more than that. So, man, that's, that's my advice. Is, is, you know, in an ideal world, I think that guys lead on in this, but ladies, like, if you're out there and you're confused, like, you have every right to be like, hey, what's going on? Where are we going with this? You know, I'm feeling confused and I need you to bring clarity uh, into the situation. I know that sounds super scary and that sounds super hard. Um, so, yeah, so maybe you do go to Chili's, you know, and you just try to lighten the mood with some chips and salsa that is, you know, mediocre at best, but uh, it works. I think, it, too, it also takes, like, bravery to not walk away from something, but to, like, hold something looser. Like, if it's been a while and you've got feelings and you're, like, connected, but it's not really going anywhere, like, um, I think sometimes it can be easy to look at that and feel like, oh man, I'm so desperate, or like, why won't he or she just blank, um, make it official, whatever. But to be able to say like, actually maybe there's something better to have the courage either to make that um, official commitment or to start treating it like an actual friendship. To be like, I'm going to treat this like what it is. Like that takes strength and that is hard. Um, So I don't know, commend anyone who does that because it is difficult. Yeah, I just think, um, you know, as believers, we talk about how important it is to love our neighbor as ourself. And uh, we talk about like, man, we have to love those who are around us. We have to love them in real and tangible ways. I don't know what it is about dating, but it's just like, that just goes right out the window. Uh, as soon as you start talking to someone on Instagram DMs, is you're just like, yeah, you know, like, I don't know if, if this is like, you know, affecting this person or hurting their feelings or whatever, but it's like, I don't care. And that's just not good. That's just not good. If that's happening to you, hey, everybody is telling you something with the way that they treat you and the way that they treat other people. And you want to find someone that you can date and marry who treats people the way that they, that Jesus would treat them. So. Did someone hurt you in the DMs, David? So many times. So many times. It's Matt every time too. Sorry. Mainly because he never replies back to me. Well, I don't have an Insta, so if you stop DMing me on Instagram, you know, go Facebook Messenger. It's because, yeah, it's because I'm an Aries. You guys got any final thoughts on uh, this question? Uh, It's not really DTRing, but uh, that whole upfront and honest thing, uh, that doesn't just stop at defining the relationship. Uh, It's a really important thing to carry through the entire relationship with that person. And uh, I'll tell you guys right now, it, uh, it makes a relationship a lot easier that you can trust and know that that person will speak up and say something if there is something wrong in the relationship uh, and that they won't hold it back. So establish that, that honesty uh, right at the beginning and you guys will have a fruitful, fruitful relationship. Mm. Hey, guys, I know it's hard, but you guys are all adults now and that's part of being an adult. Um, all right, so let's talk about our last one uh, here is we're talking about slowing down in a crazy world, uh, which is not so much of a question, um, but I think it's something that'd be beneficial uh, for us to discuss. So 
Um, I think we can all agree, like 2020, pretty crazy year, right? Anybody else feel that way? Show of hands. All right. Some of you guys are like, hey, best year ever, you know, uh, yeah, 2020, absolutely crazy year. I don't think that we could have scripted an even crazier uh, year if we tried. Um, but um, one thing that I've seen a lot of people talk about, and I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts on this, is people have been talking about this thing called uh, like ambient anxiety, um, which it's like if you guys have ever heard the term ambient music or ambient noise, it's kind of like background noise. You know, like if you ever go to the dentist's office, they're playing like kind of background music that's supposed to like relax you. Um, or if you, you know, are into like editing audio and stuff like that, you hear like little crinkles and stuff like that, and it's ambient noise that's coming through um, the, the, the microphones and the other instruments. But people have been talking about this thing called ambient anxiety, where it's just like, man, the whole world right now is so anxious. Like, I'm like not super anxious, but I'm feeling a little anxious just because everybody else is uh, around me. And then even this year, I feel like everybody in some way, shape, or form has been like anxious about the future. You know, whether it's when we were in the pandemic lockdown and it's like, hey, am I going to be able to keep my job? Am I going to be able to go back to school? Am I going to be able to go back to church? What it's, what's it going to look like when I get there? Um, and it's like, man, we have just lost uh, our ability uh, in some ways, I feel like, to be able to be calm and to be able to trust in Christ and to be able to see that there is hope even in crazy world situations uh, like this because it's hard I think, to just slow down for a second and try to put things in perspective. But what, what are you guys' thoughts on uh, how crazy the, the world's been or ambient anxiety? I feel it. You feel it? I feel it every day, but probably that's just my anxious personality. It's okay. okay. Um, but, uh, I mean, we live in a world where, where speed is king, right? Like, everything is fast, you know? It's only better if it's faster, right? Fast cars, fast food, fast internet. Same day delivery from Amazon Prime. What's up? Um, but uh, like the first person to to break the the news story, that's the person who's gonna who's gonna get the most press coverage, right? Everything is everything is fast, and if you're not um, if you're not in first place, you're you're a first place loser, right? It's what it seems like our society is built around. Um, everything's got to be speed, and. Uh, about two years ago, I was given a book called Soul Keeping by John Ortberg. And uh, this guy is a, a pastor at a church, but more importantly, he was a disciple of a man named Dallas Willard, who you know very well. <laughs> um, this was a, he was a Christian professor of philosophy, uh, and he moved through life as though he had no place to go or nothing in particular to do. And his, the, the main thing that he preached uh, is that uh, hurry is the great enemy of our spiritual life. And so we need to ruthlessly eliminate it from our lives. And uh, ever since I read that book, I started reading through it again recently. Um, and I think it applies now more than ever. Uh, especially when you start feeling, at, at our time of life, when you start feeling the weight of the world come down on your shoulders a little bit more, people start looking at you, and as you're getting later into your 20s, they're like, oh, you're not married. Oh, like, you haven't established your career path yet. You know, what are you doing with your life? You're supposed to be at this certain milestone. And we start really feeling the pressure of that. Um, this has really helped me to just kind of take a step back and realize that what's important is not my accomplishments in life, 
Um, what is more important is the person that I become because that's what I'm going to take into the afterlife. I think it can also be, um, and yes, Dallas Willard is awesome. <laughs> um, but I, I think one thing, I'm actually reading a book by him right now, and um, one thing he's talking about is how we are embodied creatures. Like, we aren't just like spirits that float around. We, we have limitations, we're finite, we're stuck to this one body that we have from the time we're born to the time that we die. Um, and I think sometimes it's good to take a moment and assess what ideas that are not Christian-based may have kind of filtered in and affected our, our theology, our way of viewing God and what it looks like to live a life with him. And sometimes I think we get this very dualistic perspective of like there are spiritual things and then there's like physical things and we, we think that like Christianity kind of only has to do with, you know, Jesus has to do with the spiritual stuff. He's saving my soul, like I'm gonna die and go to heaven. But, um, you know, Jesus came as a body. He came incarnate, right? right? Like the incarnation, and he died on the cross. It was a physical thing. And sometimes um, I think it's important to remember that we walk around in these bodies, and they feel stress. They get tired. They have limits. And, like, that that was part of the design. Um, and sometimes I think we forget that we get accustomed to certain levels of activity. I remember this one time in my life where I was so busy that like every hour was like scheduled out and I would like walk as quickly as I could and drive as quickly as I could to and from different places. And um, because of my personality, I also like to listen to podcasts, like the LYA podcast. And I would put it in and <laughs> I would put it in at like at least 1.5 speed, maybe double speed, um, because it made me walk faster. Uh, and I would get to where I needed to go faster. Um, and I found that, like, when I would try to go to bed at night, like, there wasn't enough noise in my head. So I would have to put in a podcast and put on the sleep timer so that I could fall asleep. Like, I couldn't sit still. I couldn't even have moments of walking without there being noise in my head. Um, and that might be a bit extreme. You may never experience that. But I think it does say something where we get used to a certain level of activity in our brains, in our lives, uh, in our hours that we spend. Um, and it does have an effect on us. It has an effect. I was incredibly impatient, um, just always wanting to go to the next thing. A, a fast food line was too slow, you know? And if we look at the description of like, what is love in 1 Corinthians 13, like the very first thing is patient, which is like wild to me, but like love is patient. Um, and I heard one pastor say, love is patient. And then the next thing is love is kind. And it's like, Patience creates the space for kindness. Uh, you can't be kind to someone if you are rushing past them. Uh, and so I think like Dallas Willard in a lot of ways was right that like we just can't notice people, we can't love people if we aren't like seeing them, if we're not turning down some of the static noise in our head. And that has to be very conscious in this world. You're not just gonna find quiet, I think. I am not reading a Dallas Willard book, but I have a quote by him that I <laughs> brought for this. Um, thousand percent echoing but what both of you guys say, and to jump off that, I, the quote that I have from him is, hurry kills intimacy. And I think in any relationship, whether it's our relationship with the Lord, our relationship with our family, our friends, whoever, like if we are always rushed and like constantly on the go, that creates no space to fully be and to fully abide. And in John 15, Jesus says like, I'm the vine, you are the branches, whoever abides in me, um, he will bear much fruit. And it's like, 
in order to abide, we need to make ourselves at home. And to make yourself at home, you're not rushing around, like leaving. You're staying, you're remaining, you're growing roots. Like your home is your place of comfort and rest. And you can't have comfort and rest in the Lord if you're constantly on the go, if you're constantly listening to something or thinking about the next thing that you have to do or you've planned out every moment of your life. Like you're not leaving room for the Lord to move and for the Lord to direct and for the Holy Spirit to guide you and make changes. And he will, He'll. the Lord will still move regardless of our schedule. We just become more frustrated impatient at it. Um, But if we create that space where we're not constantly going, 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 and we're able to relax and be, we're able to see that the way that the Lord is working more in our lives and the lives of those around us, we're able to be there for those that need it. We can see the person. We can, you know, spend that time with the Lord in prayer and not feel like we have to be rushed to the next thing. Um, And if you look at Jesus's life, like Jesus allowed for interruptions. And I think as believers, that should be something that we should have room for. We should have room for interruptions because interruptions will come and that's the way that we can love others. That's the way we can be patient and kind towards others. Um, And I think if we are constantly, and I'm so guilty of this, I love to be productive and so I love to have like every minute scheduled out. Um, So I'm speaking to myself when I say this, but if we don't allow that space to be interrupted, then when those interruptions come, we're not going to be as Christ-like towards others as we could be. Like the Lord, we're just not going to be emulating the Lord. We're going to be emulating ourselves. And that's going to be frustration and annoyance. And okay, well, you know, five minutes ago, I was supposed to be on the road to this next thing so that I could be finished with that at this time and then be on to this thing. Um, but we can't really love someone if we're not present with them. And then that's not. Oh, your mic died. That's okay. Um, hey, we can, get a, no, we, can get another, we can get another battery. <laughs> I lost my train of thought, but I think I was done. I tend to just talk in circles. That was probably it. Um, What's your Dallas Willard quote, David? So I don't have a Dallas Willard quote, but I read a whole book based off the quote that you shared. uh, And it's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. Um, And honestly, guys, it's just, it's, I think it's one of those things that it just, it sounds so simple. It's transformative. You know, it's like, we don't realize how often we are just rushing through literally everything and we are going so fast and how society continues to get faster and faster and faster and faster, just like all the examples and stuff that you gave. Um, and, and that's the reality is like, just like if you guys tried to go on this, this DTR date like we were just talking about and the whole time the person's sitting there, they're looking at their watch, they're like flipping through this, they're like, hang on, I gotta finish reading this article really quick and they've got like one AirPod in. Like, you do not feel connected to that person. You would not feel connected to that person. But like when we sit down to, to read scripture or we sit down to pray uh, and to talk with God, um, hey, will you get that battery from Ashley? Um, when we sit down to pray and, we, and, and, and do things with God, it's like if you are hurrying through that, that's the same thing as if you were trying to rush through that day. You cannot experience spiritual intimacy with that. And I just think like, man, we have so much input in our life right now, maybe probably more than any other generation that's ever walked the face of the planet is there is so much input that goes into your ears. You're listening to the radio or to music or to podcasts or to YouTube videos or to Netflix shows or something like that while you're working, while you're walking, while you're driving to work, while you're doing all those things, you come home, more device input, you're, we're playing games, we're, we're, doing, we're streaming, we're doing all this stuff and we have so much noise going into our minds and stuff all the time. So many companies that are vying for your attention through targeted ads on your Instagrams and your Facebook, so much coming in. It's like, we sometimes can't listen to the still small voice of the Holy Spirit. 
because there's so much going in there. And I think it's just one of those things where it's like we look at the way that Jesus taught people and we look at the contents of his teaching and we are like, okay, this is the stuff that I have to really latch onto, the things that Jesus said I'm supposed to do, the things I'm not supposed to do, all of those things. But how much are we looking at the way Jesus did those things? It's not just the truth of Jesus, the way of Jesus. It's both those things wedded together, I think is what it means uh, to be a believer. And I think when we do start to kind of slow down uh, and we, we let off the gas of trying to, and we realize like, hey, all right, like you said, I'm a human who's in a body. My body has limitations to it. If all of you guys went out in the parking lot right now and you just tried to run sprints as hard as you could for an hour, all right, you're gonna get tired very quickly. You're gonna tired in like 10 to 15 minutes. And we all understand that. Uh, but when you do that with your mind, it's the same thing, you know what I mean? When you're pushing your mind to be mentally sprinting and going as 110% and always intaking information and stuff all the time, of course, it's like you become tired. And then when you become tired, that's when the enemy likes to attack because when would you like to attack someone when they're at their weakest? Uh, and I think that that's when that, this man, so much anxiety. I'm, le- I'm reading all these news articles. I'm watching all this stuff all the time. And it's just like, ah, uh, and it makes you crazy. Okay, so what if I'm listening right now and I'm like, great, yeah, like I know I'm not supposed to hurry, I'm not supposed to have anxiety, that sounds nice. Like what if you're in a season of life where it is really busy and it's kind of outside of your control? Like what if there are, you know, you go through seasons of life that are just, they're more anxiety producing than others. Um, Practically, like sure I can slow down, maybe I can like cut one thing out of my schedule, I could like not listen to podcasts on 1.5 or double speed, but like if I'm doing those things, like what does it practically look like to rest in Jesus? Like what does that even mean? I think it's just important to remember who's ultimately in control. You, you can't try to hold too tightly onto the plan that you have for your life. Um, it's really got to be subject uh, to what God has planned for your life. And so if you're going through a busy time, um, first off, uh, there's probably more things that you can cut than you think. Um, you are not the most important person in everything that you're doing, and you're not necessarily needed in everything that you're doing. It might be more important for you to take time to rest and just stop from one or two of the things that you think is so important. So I would encourage everyone to do a little bit of self-reflection on that. Um, but ultimately, even if you can't cut anything out, um, I feel like the worry and anxiety stems from not being able to get everything done, right? It, it stems from this, I have to do everything and I have to do it really, really well and I'm going to disappoint people if I don't. And uh, we just have to remember that God's in control of the outcome, right? Or we just do the best that we can, right? There's nothing, I'm not saying to just give up on things. I'm not saying to be lazy, Uh, But I am saying that we don't have to worry about the outcome. Uh, Because even if we do make mistakes, which we will, uh, the Lord knows how to turn those things uh, into good, into into things that are for good. Um, So that would be my answer. I think practically speaking, I went through a semester like this in grad school where I just felt like I was drowning. I felt like there was too much. Um, And so I cut out social media, I cut out Netflix, I cut out music or podcasts. And when I was driving or when I was walking, I took that time to pray because I knew that I was so stressed and I was so anxious. And the Lord was just reminding me, like, I am your refuge, I am your place of rest. 
yeah, your time with me in the morning is fine, but like throughout the rest of the day, you kind of forget about that. Like you're just, you're in the moment. Um, and that really helped me to refocus and to recenter. And yeah, there are some seasons of life that are insane and they're busy and you look back and you're like, how did I get through that? Like by the grace of God only. But if you do set out intentional pockets of silence, that really helps you connect with the Lord. Because like what Dave was saying is you can't hear the Holy Spirit's voice if you're constantly drowning it out. Um, and oftentimes he does speak in a still small whisper and how can you even recognize his voice if you're not familiar with it? Um, because his voice is vying with all the other voices that you're filling your mind with. And so why not eliminate some of those like Netflix or social media or you know podcasts? Like those aren't bad things, but in some seasons when it is crazy, it's okay to say no. It's okay to rest and just fill that space with you and the Lord. Um, and then... I think in all honesty, just setting boundaries and limits, saying I'm only going to study for so long, I'm only going to do this for so long, and it feels like you're being lazy, but in all honesty, like your mental health is more important than you staying up till 3 a.m. to then get up at 5 and go to work. Like You need boundaries because our body is a set of limits, and it's a set of limits that the Lord has graciously ordained to remind us that we are not Him. Like We are not limitless. He is the only one that's limitless, and our limits are to direct us to the one who is limitless. And so by acknowledging those, we're able to say, okay, I'm not God. I need you, help me to rest in this. Um, Because our bodies need rest. Like that's just innate in our physical design. Yeah, I think we we look at limits like they're a bad thing. Um, We live in a time where it's like, man, the thing that's most important is my maximal freedom and my maximal amount of choices. Uh, And no one can tell me that I can or can't make uh, this choice. But I think, you know, if we look at this year as a case study, uh, that's very, very bad um, for us. And I I think it's just like, hey, no matter what season you're in, to answer your question, or I'm going to try to, Um, at least from my experience, like, yeah, different seasons look different. And I think we need different things in different seasons. If you guys remember, we did a a series called Seasons of the Soul. It's four weeks. Um, That's another plug for you to go back and listen to. So every season of your your relationship with God, um, you know, is going to look different. If you're in that winter season or that summer season or the spring season or fall, it's going to look different. But I think it's like, no matter what season, okay, something that you can do to unhurry your life is when you drive somewhere is to drive the speed limit hey, and this is not harder for anybody in this room besides me. Um, And it sounds ridiculous, but it's just like every time that you do that and you slow down and you're taking that time, it's like, man, this can take me four extra minutes to go. Well, you know, that's four extra minutes that I can kind of sit and detoxify my mind and kind of try to open up to listening to the spirit. Um, You cannot listen to music when you drive. Again, I know that that sounds super crazy. I'm not saying that you got to do that every single time that you drive somewhere in your car, But what I am telling you is like, man, I started doing that and it's like, man, I feel like a little less anxious about this conversation I'm getting ready to have with this person or this meeting that I have this morning or this problem that I need to overcome or this bill that I need to pay. Um, And then another thing is like when you're in that time uh, is is following whatever you're, you're worrying about is following that all the way through. So if I'm on my way to a job interview or I'm on my way to my job and it's like, man, if we don't get this project done or we don't get this objective or this goal hit, like I might lose my job. Okay, what's gonna happen if you lose your job? You'll have to go find another one. Well, what if I have to move? Then you'll have to move. Well, then I'll have to make new friends. Well, you'll have to go to a new church and you'll have to make new friends. But like you'll make it, you know? Uh, if I, well, what if I can't find another job? What, what if I become homeless? What if I starve? Okay, the odds of you becoming homeless and then the odds of you starving in the United States of America are pretty slim. They're pretty slim. Uh, you are one to 10 odds more likely to die from an obesity-related disease than from starvation in the United States of America because we have so many programs in place to feed people who are hungry. Um, so that's the reality is you got, you guys, you've got to follow this thing through. And when you do that, what that does is it opens up to say like, man, 
here's me, here's how great God is, here's what God's done in my life before, and here's what I believe that he can do again and he can continue to do, but you cannot do that if you never slow down. Because that's what the enemy wants is for you to be anxious all the time. He never wants you to get over it. He always wants you to be depressed. He always wants you to get trapped in this cycle. So I'm like, you know, different seasons call for different things. A couple weeks ago, you guys remember, I kind of opened up um, our reopening talking about like one thing that I've changed in my life is when I pray now, instead of just sitting, you know, in my living room or or in my car or wherever I'm at and praying, like I go for a walk. If I'm going to try to pray for 10 minutes, I might as well walk. Uh, for 10 minutes, which by the way, the weather has been absolutely beautiful uh, lately. So something about just going on a walk and just praying, like it's just, that was a very simple change. It didn't require any extra time for me to do that. Um, But just being able to leave all my devices at home, leave them in the car, leave them in the living room or whatever, no devices, just unplug time to be able to commune with the Holy Spirit. I can't tell you guys how great that is for me. Uh, like words just cannot do it justice how transformative and stuff that was for me and it, it, it wasn't like the first time I did it I was like oh wow that was great like I feel like I just drank like a you know a smoothie or something like that and I'm just filled with, with goodness it felt like detoxing from drugs you know um, and that's what slowing down feels like but it's like so much better uh, for us in the long run yeah I agree I would say when, when you start doing these things uh, just determine not to give up um because as soon as you start trying to drive the speed limit, you're going to get behind. Every time you drive, you're going to get behind somebody who's going five or ten miles under the speed limit. It's going to happen. It's happened to me. It's still happening to me. I was frustrated about it today. <laughs> so just be determined not to give up on, on some of these goals because it's going to take time. It's not going to be, it, it, there's no instant gratification when it comes to changing these things uh, of how we live our lives, uh, trying to wean ourselves from the things that we're addicted to, uh, especially social media. You know, we weren't, we weren't meant to ingest all that information. Um, and so it's gonna be difficult, but you know, grab a friend and, uh, and go through it together. Mm. You guys got any final thoughts on that? Not really. Slow it down, partner. Great. Great. Slow. Well, hey, uh, it's been super fun talking uh, about this. Um, uh, guys, it's been awesome. You guys did incredible uh, tonight, guys. Thanks for everyone uh, who has been watching online as we get ready to close out. How about we just pray uh, really quick, and then after that, uh, we'll be free to go. Lord, thank you so much uh, for tonight, God, and just that we've been able to um, just discuss these things, Lord. And I just pray for, uh, God, everyone in this room uh, right now, God, everyone who is gonna be listening to this in the future, God, or who's, who's listening along with us right now, Um, online, Lord. I just pray that whatever way that you moved in someone's heart or their soul or their spirit uh, tonight, God, in any way, God, that you moved something, um, Father, I pray that we would pay attention to that. God, I pray that we would not quickly try to to brush that off, but Lord, I pray that we would leave this place tonight, God, thinking about, man, what, what do I need to change? Lord, what is something that I need to give over to you, Lord? What is something that I need to start doing or stop doing or, or how should I change what I am doing now? Lord, I pray that you would make those things apparent to us, God. And I pray that we, God, would hear that and we would receive that when you speak it to us, Lord. We know that you are a father who gives good gifts to us, Lord, that you don't give us things that are bad. You give us things that are going to make um, our life and our existence uh, better as it conforms ourselves to you. Um, Lord, so I pray that we will be able to recognize that and God and embrace that, Lord, and through the process, through the progress that we make in doing that, God, that we will become more like you 
God, that we'll be able to love those who are around us better. Um, Lord, we are here for you. God, we are committed to you, uh, Lord, and we want to continue seeing you, God, change uh, every single generation, including our own, God, and we want to be a part of that, Lord, and we ask this in the power of Jesus' name, amen. Hey, you guys have been incredible uh, tonight. I will see you guys next week as we get ready to start our new Holy Spirit series, LYA. You guys are amazing. Go change the world. Thanks for listening to the LYA podcast. Liberty Young Adults is a ministry of Liberty Live Church in Hampton Roads, Virginia. For more information, check out at Liberty LYA on Instagram, libertylive.church, or check out our Tuesday night feed, The Voyage Podcast. Have a great week.